listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. We'll hear from the leading sports dog show stars that are at the top of their game, learning training tips and get the scoop on their secrets to success. So put your paws together and give a tail-wagging welcome to your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. I'm your host, Laurie Williams, the owner and director of training and behavior counseling at Pup and Iron Canine Fitness and Learning Center in Fredericksburg, Virginia. However, most of you may know me from the CBS reality TV show, Greatest American Dog, where my little eight-pound Maltese Andrew and I were able to show the depth of our relationship. Andrew was really incredible. He outshined dogs three and four times his size, but enough about him. We're here today to talk about some other great dogs. Specifically, we're going to talk about some great little Yorkshire Terriers. We have Pauline Imbro Allen of Toy Box Yorkies, which is located a little bit outside of Scranton, PA. She's here to talk to us today about showing her Yorkshire Terriers. Uh, her Yorkshire Terriers also model. We got to talk about that. And Pauline was actually at the Kennel Club of Philadelphia television show that uh, you guys probably saw this dog show on television last week. So she is going to talk to us about that. And we'll be right back after this message with Pauline. ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick time out. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. 
Welcome back, everyone. Today we got a great show for you. We're going to talk to Pauline Imbro Allen of Toy Box Yorkies in Pennsylvania. Hi, Pauline. How are you? I'm fine, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, a lot of us watched that Kennel Club of Philadelphia dog show last week on uh, Thanksgiving, and you were actually there. So we definitely want to talk to you about being at such a prestigious dog show and more specifically talk about how it's been showing your Yorkies. So tell me, how long have you been showing Yorkshire Terriers? Well, I first acquired my first Yorkie back in 1990, and I started working in obedience, and we got underway, I think, around 1992, 93. can't remember exactly, but it was back yeah. then. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good, what, 14, 15 years ago. So did you, you that was your first one was a pet, which is the greatest thing a dog can be. So, um, and you got into showing them, did somebody kind of mentor you in, or did you just go to a dog show one day and say you wanted to do that? How did that come to be? I actually had just moved to a new neighborhood and was kind of alone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had my dog, and I saw in the local Votech they were mm-hmm. having some dog classes. Okay. And I decided to just sign up with her out of the clear blue. I don't even know what drove me, but I did obedience, and I was hooked. <laughs> and right. that's how it started. Okay, so you started through obedience and kind of went to confirmation a little bit later. I think a lot of people get started that way. Um, in fact, I, I started out with mixed breeds in, in obedience class, and I saw a lot of the people with the breeds doing dog shows, so that's uh, the way I got into it. I know a lot of people do. So when you first started showing your, your first Yorkie, was that also the dog that you were doing obedience with, or did you get a different dog to start with confirmation? No, confirmation came later on. I was I was working with my obedience dog, and then I decided watching the confirmation shows while I was at obedience, I would go to the other side, look at the vendors, and then I'd start watching the Yorkie show. And I got interested in wanting to do the confirmation end of it. And that's how I started getting involved in breeding. And um, I went back to the same breeder I had bought my obedience dog from because she was so smart. And I told her, keep in mind, I want to look for a nice show dog next. And okay. that's, you know, so I bought um, my champion. He's a champion now. That was my very first champion. Um, okay. I bought him back in 1998. Wow. You know, before we move on to uh, talking a little bit more about confirmation, I would be remiss if I did not draw attention to the fact that Starting in obedience with a Yorkie, which is not considered your quote-unquote traditional obedience breed, and, you know, I got a few of those myself, you know, that actually is very commendable in and of itself, and I definitely want to talk a little bit about that later. But um, you also mentioned the vendors at at dog shows. I'll tell you, if if no one, uh, for no other reason, people should go to dog shows so they can see all the vendors. And I can imagine how many there must have been at the Kennel Club of Philadelphia show. It's wonderful. I mean, the vendors at a dog show are so different than um, a lot of the things that you see. They're really just, most of them are just geared for dog shows. And they have some spectacular clothing and things you would not find um, anywhere else at, a, at any kind of shop. You just won't find it. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Those are things that really one-of-a-kind items. And a lot of things that I wear, a lot of the shirts I wear and jewelry, people say, where did you get that? And, hey, at a dog show. You know, so they, it's really mm-hmm. something special. But getting back to uh, showing the Yorkies, what, what exactly what attracted you to that breed to begin with? 
the breed actually the breed um, was mentioned to me by a friend, and I my first Yorkie was given to me as a gift. Um, but I I did know a little bit about them, and I love their personality and their intelligence. Um, if you really look a Yorkie in the eye, they'll catch you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I have I happen to believe that a lot of the the breeds again that are quote unquote non traditional obedience breeds are only non traditional because a lot of people that have them haven't worked with them. But I agree with you. I have had tremendous success with Yorkshire Terriers I've had in classes and that have gone on to actually obedience competition. I've seen quite a few of them. So you're absolutely right. They are very smart. Now, have so you have you ever had any other breeds besides Yorkies, like before you even got into showing and, and obedience? Yes, I did. I had um, a boxer prior to my first Yorkie, and I actually got a boxer after my first Yorkie. Okay, so you've had large I, dogs too. Yes, yes, and and uh, being in obedience, um, and I, I do train my also like you do, um, having both ends of the spectrum is makes a better trainer of you also. You, you can get into what people need as far as, you know, large and small breeds. I agree, and now, you know, I happen to believe that there are very specific challenges to showing and working with and training small dogs. Now, have you found that with your Yorkies, or, or would you find any specific challenges that you feel are a little oh, bit different? Most definitely. A small dog is a challenge, definitely. Okay. My boxer was a piece of cake to teach how to heal. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. A lot of things that the boxer did was, I mean, they're intelligent also, and a lot of things came so much easier teaching them a straight sit, all those little, little details that add up to lots of points at the end. Absolutely. Um, they're a challenge with the little dog. You have to, you have to really improvise and, um, you know, get little, little shoots and little things made. So if you're, re- if you're looking for that, you know, a better sit, I won't sure. say perfect because I'm not a, I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> Well, I don't, you know, really, I don't know how anyone can be when it comes to dogs because they're dogs. <laughs> but, but, but what I was going to say, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't realize with a small dog, you know, how do they look at the world and how are they looking at you when you're way up there and they're mm-hmm. way down there? It is really hard, or I'll say a challenge to get that attention. You know, they have to, their little heads have to be cocked all the way back to look up at us, whereas you have a big dog, it's, you know, they're right there. So I don't know if people, you know, really think about that. And and not only, you know, regarding the the healing, you know, other things as far as the uh, physical challenges to a handler when you're showing a small dog, you having to bend way down. Um, now, I know, of course, I'm in confirmation, at least you get to put them up on a table. But um, in obedience, absolutely not. In agility, absolutely not. Your dog's way down there. And for you to train them, that means you either going way down to them or somehow bringing them way up to you. So this, exactly. it's definitely, definitely specific challenges there. Now, you know, was this your first time going to the Kennel Club of Philadelphia? I know you're, you're probably, since you're in or around no, Scranton. actually, um, my very first time was when I had McNugget in obedience. Um, I'm trying to remember if that was the kennel. That might have been the show that we got our um, our CD in, or it was our very first show. <laughs> okay, um, wow. Way back in 1992. Okay. 
Okay. And and I think I read somewhere, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I read that there's actually more dogs, is, or the Kennel Club of Philadelphia dog show is an actually a larger show than Westminster. Isn't that true? I, I think I've read that somewhere, as far as the number of entries go. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not 100% positive on that, but I believe it is. Um, it, it all depends on the facility. Well, Westminster is limited. They right. they have a limited entry, whereas the other shows they probably do have a limit also, but it's probably a lot higher. Right, and then I think the other thing that probably comes into play is that Westminster only champions are invited, exactly. um, and right. whereas the Kennel Club of Philadelphia show, uh, you have dogs competing for you know the points, which which right. I would I definitely want to draw attention to the fact that you, your Yorkshire Terrier actually won. It was it Winner's Dog one of the days. Yes, he won Winner's Dog that uh, at that show, and um, it was my very first toy box champion. Wow, <laughs> with homebred. It's not well. It's not a homebred specifically. Okay. He's out of my champion male, but not out of my champion female. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, he's out of a friend of mine's female. So uh, they don't consider that homebred. You're right, you're right, which is not fair. But <laughs> his yeah, genetics. See, I, were... I totally agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> his genetics were in there big time, right? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's an, a tremendous win. Um, I really want, you know, explain to, to the, our listeners as far as um, we kind of, um, we don't have to go into the, the you know, logistics of what winner's dog means, but how many dogs did he have to beat in order to get the points there? In order to, we needed um, a major, um, in order to have a champion, just briefly, you need 15 total points, but you need to have what they call two majors, which means that your dog has to beat a certain number of other dogs on a spe- on that specific day. Mm-hmm. And to get a three-point major, you need a minimum of seven dogs. But there was an entry, I don't remember exactly how many dogs showed and how many how many of uh, the females showed, but there was a definite entry of 28 dogs that day, of 28 wow. Yorkies, which wow. is a large entry for Yorkshire Terriers. That is a large entry in an all-breed show in particular. And, uh, yeah, that's a tremendous win for you. So congratulations. And, and not only did he win Winner's Dog, he finished his championship. Is that correct? Yes, that was a thrill. <laughs> that was the biggest thrill, but I think I was grinning, and I still grin when I talk about it. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, that's big-time bragging rights in the dog world. I know that's for sure. You'll be talking about that for a long time to come. But uh, we will be right back. Uh, let's come back, and we're, I want to talk about some of the other cool things that you do with your Yorkshire Terriers, and, and we'll find out more about that in just a minute after this break. <laughs> ESPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network, will be right back with more exciting action and biting commentary right after this quick timeout. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win With Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge, on demand, every week, 
right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready for game time with your DSPN host, Lori Williams. Welcome back to DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Today we're talking to Pauline Imbro Allen of Toy Box Yorkshire Terriers. We were just discussing how her little Yorkie, and what is his name, by the way, Pauline? Well, he's now champion Toy Box's <laughs> Mocha Latte. Oh, very nice. Okay, that made me thirsty. But yeah, that is <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, you got to add that champion in there, and and yes. maybe maybe there'll be some other titles towards the end of his name. But no pressure there. No pressure there at all. <laughs> I keep wanting to get back into that, but we'll we'll get there. We'll we will get you, there one day. You will, I'm sure. But let's talk about some of the other really cool things that you do with your Yorkies. One of the things that um, I've noticed through the years is that there kind of seems to be a little line sometimes between what we call pet people and show people. And through the years, I've always kind of walked in the middle of that line. Yes, I do show my dogs and I definitely compete, but I also do like cute little pet things with them too. Um, you know, particularly with my Maltese, I know on the on the show, they kind of portrayed me as someone who didn't like dogs and clothes, which I don't know where that came from because I actually, you should see the wardrobes that my dogs have. Now, they don't wear them that often, my Maltese, because they're, they're you know, long coats and you already know how they can uh, definitely get matted up. But I do definitely... Uh, like those types of things. I don't mind dogs being carried in bags when they're little. Hey, I got a three-pound Maltese. Sometimes it's a lot easier to just carry him or stick him in a stroller. I'm not going to lie. But there does seem to be that little line sometimes of show people and pet people. And I love the fact that you do some really cute things with your Yorkies, too. So tell me a little bit about the the modeling that your guys do. Well, um, Originally, I what I did was I had joined a, a group called Meetup.com, and I brought my dog into the city, and I, I was just a member. Now I run a couple of the groups. I'm, okay. I'm organizer and assistant organizer. And there's a few people in there that have done modeling in the past, and we and the, the, the way I really got started was we just started entering a couple little contests, and um, Everyone in New York dresses their dog. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an outlet for my non-show dogs. Um, I do bring my show dogs there to socialize them when they're just learning and things like that. And once they're in long coat and, and all, they're basically more pampered at home. And But the um, I do have a, quite a few uh, what you'd call just pets <laughs> and uh-huh. um, but I don't believe I don't believe a dog is just a pet. I believe every dog has a purpose. Absolutely. And um, they should do something. It's, you know, I mean, I just can't see them just sitting around doing nothing all the time. It's no good for their brain either. I, I so agree. So I bring, them into, yeah, I bring yeah. them into the city, and that's how, and they get dressed up, and people have seen them and have mentioned to me. And so, um, you know, I have an agent now, and uh, oh, good. but I have, my dogs are modeling, of course, on my own website as well. Mm-hmm. They've modeled for other websites. And uh, they, you know, a couple of them just love getting dressed up, and they're just so people-oriented. 
That's great. You know, I you really brought up a great point, Pauline. You know, dogs really were bred for purposes, you know, and we, we kind of forget that. Even the small dogs, even even the lap dogs, they were bred for specific purposes throughout history. And even the ones that were bred, you know, mainly to be companions or lap dogs or whatever, they still have a lot of breeds in their background that were working breeds of some sort. So I agree with you. I think that when a dog has a job, of some sort, a purpose, and what, you know, it also gives you an opportunity to spend time with your dog and bond with your dog. That's the best a pet can ever be. So I, mm-hmm. I completely, I completely agree with you. Now, have you done, um, your dogs have done actual fashion shows, haven't they? Yes, yes, we have. Um, we've done mainly for um, fundraisers. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's basically, um, I'm very involved as much as I breed Yorkies and I'm you know, the true Yorkie breeder, I look for the, the best specimen and stuff for shows. Um, I still believe in helping out the shelters and the rescue dogs and the things that we've done. Yes, we've modeled. We've modeled for um, uh, fundraisers. That's great. I, I agree with you. I think um, that's a great way to give back. You know, those of us who, who do the dog show game, uh, you definitely can give back because there are a lot of uh, purebred dogs as well that are in rescue. So now that you said that you have your own website and your dog's model there, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, what kind of clothes do, do they have a certain line that they model? Um, and we'll make, definitely make sure we give our listeners uh, your website address so that they can go take a look. So what, what type, type of clothes and products do you have on your on your website? Oh, I have a variety. Any, anything on my website is basically tested by my dogs. Okay. <laughs> if it doesn't pass, if it doesn't. Uh, it's for small dogs. Basically, my website. I do tell people I can get anything that they need if they have a large breed dog, but my website is geared to the small dog. Okay. And um, most of the clothing there's a there's a variety of clothing. I now have someone who's doing. Uh, specific sweaters for small dogs for me. She hand knits them. And mm-hmm. um, any of the vitamins, the food, um, the dishes, anything that's on there, we've used. Uh, right. Or we do use. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, as far as, and so the clothes, they come from different designers, all different designers? You have a, a nice assortment, or do they, you work with specific designers? No, they, there is an assortment of different okay. um, designers on there, and my God, if I, I'm just looking at some of the stuff that my <laughs> my dogs have a bigger wardrobe, I think, than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And more that, expensive, too, let yeah, me tell you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I always, when I ever take uh, Andrew or any of my Maltese out and they admire his hair, I say, well, you know, I actually spent more time doing his hair than I did on my mm-hmm. own. <laughs> which should be I should be ashamed about, but I definitely do tell people that now. So your your dogs actually, you know, obviously since they're models, they they um, like wearing clothes or they're very used to wearing clothes. Um, did it take some time when you first started putting clothes on them to acclimate them to it, or did they take to it pretty quickly? Some of them take to it extremely easily, and others you you have to work with them. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I do have one or two that will wear hats and glasses and things of that, you know, uh, nature. But mm-hmm. um, there's this, like, specifically, I know there's one, I can put sunglasses on her and put her anywhere and she's fine except for on the floor. If I put her uh-huh. on the floor, she'll take them off. <laughs> <laughs> so if they need her to model sunglasses, she cannot go on the floor. <laughs> right. um, you know, so you learn the little quirks, Is you know, same thing as, 
anything that you train. You just um, uh-huh. you do it in moderation. You do sure. a few seconds at a time and reward them for it. Absolutely. And, you know, and I do want to address the, the whole dogs and clothes uh, issue again. You know, if you acclimate the dogs to it, they don't even really know they're in. It's so different than putting a collar on them or whatever. You know, it's just like you said, it's getting them used to it. Because I know some people take exception to it. Like, I've heard people say, oh, that dog, you know, my dog was embarrassed when I put the, you know, coat on him or the jacket. No, your dog wasn't embarrassed. Dogs don't really feel embarrassed. (laughs) You just didn't take the time to train your dog and get your dog used to wearing the jacket. So your dog was probably stressed, not embarrassed. So I think the whole dog clothes thing, particularly you know with you mentioning doing the fashion shows for fundraisers that's awesome i you know we actually do that several times a year at, at my facility as well we do little fashion shows little dogs and big dogs wearing different outfits and it is always for charity so that's definitely honorable so let's talk about some of the things on the horizon for you guys now now that you have finished your champion at kennel club of philadelphia do you plan on specialing him or continuing to campaign him might we see him at westminster hint hint (laughs) um i have sent an entry in but we did finish late compared to other dogs so i don't Mm -hmm. know if our entry will be accepted um i've always had the the wannabe at Westminster at least once in my life, <laughs> sure. and uh, so we're going to try. My first champion was supposed to go to Westminster, and he had an accident with his coat, um, and he was specials material. Uh-huh. So we had we. Uh, it was a bad time for me. I was just ill, and somebody was watching him. And when I came back, there was absolutely uh-huh. no saving his coat, so oh, we had to shave him down. Uh-oh. And that broke my heart <laughs> yeah, um, that because does. I really thought that he was going to go out and special and then go to Westminster. And But we, we've adjusted to it since. <laughs> we know there'll be more down the road. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll be um, definitely uh, keeping our fingers crossed. I would love, love to see him there. Um, in addition to maybe Westminster, do you have any other shows on the horizon that uh, we might see you at? Well, we have uh, right before Westminster, the Yorkshire Terry Club of Greater New York and the Yorkshire Terry Club of America. Uh, they have two specialties back-to-back at the New Yorker Hotel in New York. Okay. We will definitely be there showing some new puppies. And um, I'm not sure. If, it depends on the Westminster entry. If Mocha does get accepted, then uh, I probably will bring him out for the Yorkie specialty as well. Wow. If he's not accepted, I may just leave him back. And and you mentioned the coat. Um, I de- I want to definitely let people know, um, you know, about the grooming involved. I, you know, we see the we see the show dogs on um, on television, and um, I think usually the poodles are the ones that, and and maybe sometimes the bichons. People will marvel at the grooming, but <laughs> you know, even the long, you know, the the straight coats that takes a lot of taking care of the coat um, all year round to keep that coat nice and long and shiny. So do, are there yes, any special the, things? Well, with the Yorkshire Terrier and the, some of the long breeds, we what we do is we actually put an oil into their mm-hmm. coat. Um, Yorkies have hair almost like human hair. It's, mm-hmm. The pH is very, very close. And um, what happens is it breaks. So in order to keep it more elastic or, uh, you know, the elasticity in it, we have to put an oil coating in it. And mm-hmm. they are bathed 
and they are put back in oil, and then they are bathed, and, you know, we leave them a couple of days, so there's, of course, their skin can breathe. You don't Mm -hmm. want to keep them in constant oil. And uh, so there's a lot of maintenance for them more at home than some of the other breeds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what you see at the dog shows, (laughs) you see the breeds that um, have major, major grooming to be done right before they go in. Right. Um, We have a lot of grooming, but I think it's more maintenance at home than there is at a dog show. Okay. And you do all of that yourself? Definitely. Right. Definitely. And, and, and I think, and do, you do, do you groom for other people as well? I do a little bit of grooming on the side, mainly um, puppies that have been bought from me and just a few um, Yorkie people in the neighborhood who have found me. Um, I don't do a whole lot of different breeds. I do a few small breeds. Okay. All right. Well, very good. And, you know, before we go, I, I want to touch again on the whole obedience um, thing, and you know, that with, with you getting started in obedience um, particularly. What was the highest um, title that you got? You got some pretty high titles with your dogs, didn't you? My Yorkshire Terrier um, attained a, a utility dog title in the AKC. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her companion dog excellent title in Canada. And she was also ranked uh, the fifth highest dog in 1995 out of Canada. Okay, and, wow. um And that, that's pretty nice considering we only went up to Canada, I think, one, one or two weekends a year. Right, <laughs> so, wow. So um, there weren't that many Yorkies obviously being shown, but, um, you know, she was able to, to get up there. Okay. And uh, she also had a UCD for the United Kennel Club. Okay, and that's pretty high, um, you know, for just so for our listeners who not, might not be familiar with obedience titles, um, other than an obedience trial championship, the UD, um, that's pretty pretty hefty title. Well, I would con- right, I would consider that it's the highest level of mm-hmm. training that right. a, um, a dog can get. There are higher titles when you combine them with other classes. Absolutely. Um, my, we did try to go for the UDX. But as you know, you have to show both an open and utility. And with right. my Yorkie, she was she would pass whatever class you put her in first. But mm-hmm. the second class, you just ran out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're so small, and and people do have to take that into um, consideration. A small dog is going to you know get tired uh, quicker. They're they're she was they have extremely to- small too. I know we yeah. didn't touch on this, but um, McNugget was her name, and she was mm-hmm. only four pounds at wow. her heaviest. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, she was really tiny, and but it didn't matter. Every time we showed, we we always drew a crowd, whether we passed or failed. Mm-hmm. There was applause, <laughs> so um, it made showing a lot of fun. Well, you know, let, let me just run real quick through the you know for utility. The dogs are going over jumps, not just going over jumps. They are going over directed jumps, where you are actually sending them far away from you, and then you're pointing to a jump either on the left or the right that they have to jump over. And most importantly, they're doing scent discrimination, going out to a pile of dumbbells, and they have to find the one that you touched. That was the favorite. That oh, was the I mean. favorite. <laughs> and it was so funny because that's the only thing that my dog ever failed once, and <laughs> I figured out why she failed it. Somebody actually was smoking near her articles. Uh-oh. And yeah. you know how with scent, they pick up Absolutely. that scent very quickly. Well, she picked up the right one and spit it out. Uh, <laughs> and she just looked at me like, I am not picking that up. 
I know the crowd probably absolutely loved the little tiny dumbbell that she was probably carrying. That just mm-hmm. always just is that's very hard to see a dumbbell that's so teensy tiny. But you know, a little York doing the work just like the biggest dog out there. So I think that's incredible. So before we go, Pauline, let's go through. Let's give the listeners your your uh, website address so that they can find you. Sure, it's www.toyboxyorkies.com. Great, and we are going to be keeping our fingers crossed uh, for you to get into Westminster. But even if you don't, you know, good luck with all of the shows that you come across in the next uh, few months. And congratulations again for that huge win at the Kennel Club of Philadelphia show. Uh, you know, that's just so phenomenal, and I know that you have to be so proud. So. Thank you so much, Pauline, for being with us today and, you know, sharing all the great things you're doing with your Yorkshire Terriers. And we will look forward to seeing you again and hearing about you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining Pauline and me today talking about the Kennel Club of Philadelphia Dog Show and her wonderful toy box Yorkies in particular. I look forward to talking with all of you next time and telling you all about some great things that we've got dogs out there around the country doing. Take care, and we will see you again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.